0: Imagine being transported back to the 4th century BCE. Athens is still the cultural capital of the Mediterranean world, though it has lost its political preeminence after the end of the Peloponnesian War against Sparta and the subsequent Macedonian conquest of all of Greece. A fellow by the name of Zeno of Cytium, modern-day Cyprus, is a wealthy merchant on his way by ship to the Athenian port of Piraeus with a precious cargo of purple dye. A big storm breaks out, and the ship sinks with all its wares. Zeno survives and makes it to shore. Once in Athens, he goes to a local bookshop where he hears the owner reading some passages aloud from the Memorabilia, a book by Xenophon about the life of Socrates. Zeno is struck by the notion of living life as a philosopher and asks the bookseller where he can find one of these strange fellows, The shop owner points to a guy passing by and says, there goes one, follow him. The guy in question is Crates of Thebes, a philosopher belonging to the controversial school of the cynics, people who gave up all their properties and relations to serve as examples of virtue to their fellow citizens. They also engaged in a lot of in-your-face behavior, flaunting social conventions and living in the streets. Hence their name, Kynikos in Greek means dog-like, and it was not meant as a compliment. Zeno does follow Crates and becomes his student, thus beginning over a decade of intense study of practical philosophy with teachers from a wide range of schools, including Platonism. Finally, around 301 BCE, Zeno feels ready to begin teaching philosophy to others. He chooses to do so in a public space, the Stoa Poikile, or painted porch on the north side of the Agora, Athens' major marketplace. The idea was that philosophy ought to benefit anyone who might be interested, and it should therefore be taught in the open, not in secluded schools like Plato's Academy, Aristotle's Lyceum, or Epicurus's Garden. The new philosophy of Stoicism, named after the Stoa, was born. It quickly spread throughout the Mediterranean and became one of the dominant schools during the Hellenistic period, 323 to 31 BCE, and then the Roman Empire. The three Roman authors you are about to read, Seneca the Younger, Epictetus, and Marcus Aurelius, were Stoics, and their collective writings represent the large majority of what has survived from that school until our time, two millennia later. But what exactly is Stoicism, and why should we care about it in a century of advanced science and artificial intelligence? What good could Stoicism possibly do for us denizens of the 21st century? At bottom, Stoicism is a philosophy of life, meaning a framework for living our life in the best way possible, for guiding us through our choices, and, most importantly, for becoming the most excellent human beings we can be. There are two fundamental ideas on which Stoic philosophy is based. One, we should live in agreement with nature, as Zeno himself put it, and two, we should think of ourselves as cosmopolites, that is, citizens of the world. Let us look at these two pillars of Stoicism, how they are deeply intertwined, and how they can help us develop both better selves and a better world to live in. To be in agreement with nature means to take seriously what sort of animal human beings are and act accordingly. Consider first a non-human example. If you invite me over for dinner and I bring you a cactus as a present, you are now in charge of the cactus's well-being. What do you do? You inform yourself about the nature of cactuses, In doing so, you'll discover that they are desert plants, which means that they need relatively little water, too much is going to kill them, and a lot of light. To live in agreement with nature for a cactus means exactly that, little water, much light, and a few other things. When it comes to human beings, the Stoics thought that the two most important and distinctive aspects of our species are that we are highly social animals and that we are capable of reason. Today, we would say that's how evolution has made us. It follows that a good human life is one in which we act pro-socially while using our minds to solve problems.